The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Rick Munn is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, it's Thursday, the 18th of January, 2024. This is TNT, uh, today's news talk. I am Rick Munn. This is Locked and Noted. And we still have an awful lot to cram into this little session before I exit stage left uh, at the end of my shift here today. Uh, Gemma will be talking to me in just a minute. And also, uh, I'm going to be joined by Simon Milne, who's uh, on the move at the minute. He's on the move. He's also in Davos doing uh, part of the great sleepout, who coincidentally, bumped into uh, Callum Smiles the other day, took a selfie with him and sent it to me and said, look, I've just uh, heard on TNT radio. So uh, Simon's out there as well. He's going to be giving us an update on the big sleepout that's currently happening in Davos at this point in time. So fair play to him. Uh, he's freezing his ass off over there at the minute. He's sleeping in a tent uh, and it's down to minus 14 last night. I think it was. It was snowing. So he's going to be joining us. And then also uh, Bruce Scott is going to be beaming in from Scotland. And we're going to be talking about uh, conversion therapies that are going on in Scotland at the minute, and also uh, more psychological warfare that is being uh, thrust upon the Scottish residents by their government. All of that is still to come. Uh, an awful lot of madness. Uh, we talked at the very tail end of the last show uh, with Natalie, talking about of the 5,000 people that had been earmarked for deportation to Rwanda, only 700 of them are still in contact uh, with their handlers over here in Britain, which means 4,300 people are not accounted for. We don't know where they are. Uh, where did they go? How are they managing to make ends meet? Are they even still in the country? Who are these people? It's an absolute madness. And madness seems to be the order of the day. South Africa. I uh, just saw a story that was posted up by my friend Rob Hutchinson uh, this morning. Uh, another massive electricity price hike hitting South African soon. So everybody's getting squeezed at the minute uh, for the, your, their utilities, their petrol, their, their 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 cost of living, their their groceries, their rent, their council taxes, everything is going up. But South Africa, this is against the backdrop of no electricity. So there's periods of the day where they're in this thing called load shedding, which is rolling blackouts to anybody else, where they have no electricity for six to 12 hours a day, nearly every day. And there's no sign of that getting any better anytime soon. And for their troubles, and for their woes, the electricity prices are being hiked by double-digit figures again uh, this year. So despite having the worst year of load shedding in 2023, and many analysts noting it is firmly here to stay in 2024, i.e. no uh, consistent electricity supply, South Africans must prepare for another double-digit ESCOM tariff increase this year. In December 2023, just past the High Court of South Africa rejected the requests for a judicial review on their decision and tariff approval made by the regulator. This means that the approved 18% increase in electricity prices for 2023 and 12.74% hike effective in April 2024 will stand. Imagine that. If your electricity provider wasn't providing you with electricity for half of the day every day and then had the audacity to turn around and tell you, hey, but for your troubles, we're going to hike the prices up by 13% this year, I am reasonably sure that you would not be a happy bunny uh yeah so anyway that's something to think about 
as grim as things are, always remember that it's grimmer for other people out there, if that's any consolation for you. So uh, don't go away. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on TNT, today's News Talk. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, it's uh, topical and it's a seasonal story. Also uh, an eye-watering story if you're an EV owner. We've been talking about these damn things uh, on and off this week with various guests. The bubble-bursting insurance premiums are going through the roof for EVs or electric vehicles, if you want to call them. And my friend Ben Pyle describes them as simply a bridging mechanism to owning no vehicle whatsoever. You know, you could bankrupt yourself buying one of these things and then find that it doesn't actually work. Uh, I think a lot of people, the scales are falling off their eyes when it comes to this. And now that we're into this cold snap, uh, you have an update for us on the woes, the misery, the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth that's currently going on amongst EV owners when they're trying to charge those little battery-powered cars of theirs in the sub-zero temperatures. What's the problem? What's the big deal? Well, I'll just get to that in a second, but I think it's worth touching on the sub-zero temperatures and the and the hike in energy prices in the UK. You talk about South Africa, they're oh. charging you for basically providing no service whatsoever, uh, <laughs> and they're hiking up the prices here in the UK. Inflation is up right at the point where we're undergoing, as are many countries in the world, uh, this massive cold snap, huge cold snap. I mean, I don't know about you. I woke up this morning and I was like, I mean, I don't mind the cold, actually. It sort of sharpens your senses when you're working. But even I was like, oh, the heating's the heating better be ramped up a few notches. And of course, we're all paying for that. And we don't have the the money to to actually do it. So it's energy prices, energy companies rather worldwide all need holding to account um, for their corporate greed and the very little regard for the people who are, who are paying them. Although I think great swathes of people now across the world having woken up and not paying. I think that's part of the problem. They're offsetting those who aren't paying with those who still are and putting up the prices for the for the people still paying in good faith. But anyway, it's the cold weather that dominates, though. You're quite right. And I, it is good to see the EV bubble bursting as all these global targets for 2030 and 2050, half of all new cars it should be electric. That's what Biden's saying in the United States. But in the United States today, literally, um, EV cars are freezing by the side of the road and drivers are leaving them where they are. Uh, they're getting to charging points, but the batteries are so not used to the cold weather. They're not really designed for the cold weather. They, people are plugging their cars in, these EVs, Teslas specifically, into these charging points for up to two to three hours and still showing zero on the on the battery charge, which is extraordinary. And also think about that, Rick. Think about actually what that's like. You're out in sub-zero temperatures, minus 18 in parts of Illinois and Chicago where this is happening. That's to the northern end of the states towards the border with Canada. But still, you're out in two hours for, in, in minus 18. You talk about your friend Simon Mill camping out in Switzerland. Fair play to him. We'd want to be out in these temperatures, you know, but they are and they can't get anywhere. The poor people. Then, they're, so they're literally dumping the cars by the side of the road, and they're finding alternative means of transport. It really is quite extraordinary, but it is it like grist to the mill of, of topics you've been talking about this week of the EV bubble bursting. I think the bubble is bursting on many, many things in our culture now as people see through these agendas. But I do feel for the humans leaving their cars by the side of the road. We haven't in the UK yet got quite as low as minus eighteen, but we have got very cold temperatures. It's been one of the coldest winters for a few years now. Um, and certainly in America, it's the coldest snap since 1996. That's 30 mm. years. 
So no sign of global boiling whatsoever, which is another agenda that people are rightly seeing through. There are some extraordinary scenes, actually, of the cold weather in the United States. We're seeing uh, water vapor and turning into fog on, on rivers because the air is so cold that the cold water is warmer than the, is warmer than the air. So it's turning into fog. Very beautiful images. But also, equally, we're seeing some images coming out of trucks skidding across the road, uh, big Arctic lorries. They just can't cope with the, with the cold, which is quite worrying. But it does prove that there is the cold weather's here. The winter is doing what it should. Um, my granny used to say, I love a cold winter, kills off all the bugs. Mother Nature knows what it's doing. Absolutely. Uh, maybe it's kind of Mother Nature's way of fighting disease X, <laughs> the so-called disease X coming out of Davos. It's saying, no, 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 I'll, I'll see that one off at the post. But uh, there we go with that one. Anyway, yeah, I feel sorry for those drivers, though, because cold weather, when you're out in it and you're stuck out in it, it's not funny at all. No, it's not. I mean, like, and uh, you know, uh, all joking aside, uh, the cold kills an awful lot more elderly people every year than any heat does. You know, uh, during the summer, I can't. I don't know if you can remember last summer they were trying to push that we were in the middle of a heat wave. That uh, it wasn't just global warming anymore. They're going to try and rebrand it global boiling. They were warning people the blood could start boiling within their veins and old people were dying hand over fist because of the heat wave. The cold kills more people every year in the UK, especially the elderly, than any heat wave does. And as you rightly said, you know, this has been the coldest winter for, for a very long time here in the UK and for nearly uh, 30 years in some parts of America. The thing is, Gemma, as well, it's hard to believe that after investing so much money in one of these vehicles, because they're not cheap, uh, if you buy them new, they're not cheap and they're not uh, cheap to run or insure at the minute either. I would be, there's a, apparently there's a condition called buyer's remorse. Okay. It's a psychological condition where if you shell out a lot of money on something and then the penny drops, oh my Lord, I've just blown 50 grand on something that I really don't want, I really don't need, and I don't particularly like. I would say, as those poor souls are trudging through the snow <laughs> at minus 18 with their crap electric vehicle waged up a bird somewhere because the battery won't charge, I would say there's a lot of buyer's remorse in the air these days. What do you think? I think, yeah, you've painted a, a very clear picture, trudging through the snow, shaking your head, thinking, why, oh, why, oh, why did I buy this crap? Because it is, it's, it's not doing what it's supposed to do, take you from A to B. And to plug it in in good faith in those charging points, which are springing up everywhere, um, well, they're not springing up as much as, as, as we thought they would, mm. actually. We've talked about this before. Um, you plug it in, and you think, oh, brilliant. You're rubbing your hands together in glee. You think, oh, I'll be home in half an hour. I'll see the wife, I'll see the kids, or I'll see my husband, I'll see my children, or my partner, whoever, you know, my mum. No. Time's ticking on, another quarter of an hour, another quarter of an hour, half an hour, an hour, two hours. You've got frostbite. I mean, I would hope I would hope that this sees a lot of Teslas just being scrapped, um, although the scrappage value is not great on them either. Um, no. And people returning back, returning back to old fashioned petrol and diesel, you know, just to just to live their daily lives. Nothing more just to take away the stress of all of this that is happening. And you know what the worst part is too, Gemma? Uh, we had a guy on this week, uh, Refusnik Paul, who's a friend of um, Natalie. Uh, he knows an awful lot about residual car values. So the prices of these things in the secondhand market are absolutely plummeting. So imagine you do get hit by buyer's remorse. You do manage to charge that thing up. You get yourself together and you say, you know what? This is a terrible mistake. I'm never going to repeat it again. I just want to get rid of this thing and get myself a good old fashioned 
petrol or diesel car. So you take it back to the Tesla dealership and you say, listen, I bought this thing last year. It's not really working out for me. What will you give me for it? And they'll say, well, Gemma, uh, you know, you paid 65 grand for it last summer. Uh, we'll give you 20. How does that sound? And you'll be choking on your cornflakes probably. But that's probably the best offer you can get. Oh, my Lord. Not getting the, the, the jobs was a great decision in my life. And not buying an electric vehicle, I think, must rank in as number two there. Oh, my goodness, I would not want to be an EV owner right now, would you? No. And, and uh, you know, I feel sorry for people. It's again, it's, it's it's coercion and brainwashing, isn't it? It's the same agenda dressed up with a different uh, uh, methodology. You know, it was the jabs that was coercion and brainwashing. Electric vehicles is coercion and brainwashing. And people are seeing the kind of harms that these cars are doing, you know, they burst into flames, they they drive you down the streets, which you don't want to go down, they take control of themselves. Uh, and now they, they won't work in the cold weather. And what I do hope, because we talked about this at the top of the last hour with the strikes currently happening in Northern Ireland today in, in very bad weather for Northern Ireland. Um, you don't want to see any fatalities as a result of the strike in Northern Ireland today, as a result of ambulances, but you don't want to see any fatalities as a result of people being stranded in minus 18, not being able to charge these vehicles. Not that corporations care. I know Tesla's Elon Musk and all of that stuff, but still corporations don't care. Once you've bought the product and you've given your money over, they don't care. They don't care if it doesn't work. They don't care if you're stranded by the side of the road. I hope we don't see any deaths in the US because their, no. their cold snap is worse than ours. Um, and it's happening to hundreds of drivers, if not thousands. So uh, good luck to them all. One last thing, uh, just before we wrap this one up, there was a very interesting statistic that's in that article that uh, that you're uh, going by this morning. Uh, we talked about infrastructure, about there are more charging ports now than there were, but there's still not nearly enough. So uh, the, the Telegraph reports that Tesla's dominate the U.S. electric car market with 55% uh, of the 1.2 million cars that were sold last year. But in all, there are more than 3 million. Now, listen to this. There's 3 million electric vehicles on American roads, but there's only 135,000 charging ports. So of the 3 million vehicles that have been sold, only 135,000 public charging ports across all of America there is no way that they can support this. And in terms of conditions like at the minute, even if you get the charging port, you're still going to be stuck there for at least two hours versus 40 minutes, which a standard charge would take you. And then, of course, there's a possibility you could break down anyway and that battery of yours could run flat. So I'm not, I'm not gloating. I'm actually not gloating. I feel for anyone that's bought one of these things. But please, listen, when we try and advise you people not to do something, please, please take our advice. It will save you tens of thousands of pounds over the course of your life and potentially save your lives. Because I'm not, again, not gloating <laughs> with the biggest smirk on my face, but we've been right about just about every bloody thing we've talked about here for the last two years. So please, if you're a, if you're a, a normie, if you're a sheeple or whatever you want to call those people and you happen to be tuning in today, just take take on board what Gem and I are saying. And it's panning into reality here. And uh, yeah, think twice before going EV. That's the order of the day. So thank you, Gemma, of course, for uh, bringing that one to our attention. We'll speak again tomorrow. You'll be back uh, for the Freeman Report in the next hour. I have to take a brief pause, and then I'm going to be joined by Simon Milne from the cold and icy, brrr, freezing streets of Davos. So don't go away. Stay tuned here for more magic on TNT, today's news talk. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. 
This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics. And whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help their population. populations. We start with a history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong, some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, uh, the show is trudging merrily on. Trudging's not really the right word. Uh, we're uh, blasting merrily on here this morning. It's been an action-packed hour and a half so far on TNT Today's News Talk. I'm very happy to be joined right now again by my old sparring partner, Simon Milne, a.k.a. Sequi underscore Simon on the X or Twitter platforms. In his own words, he said he was made in Pakistan, born free in Scotland and raised in Africa. We are defined by our compassion and kindness towards others. Ubuntu, he's an entrepreneur, he's a businessman, he's a thoroughly decent chap. Simon, how are you doing today? I'm good, Rick. I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little bit warmer than I was yesterday. I'm, I'm, I've arrived in sunny Dubai after being uh, three days in Davos in Switzerland, where we did actually reach minus 16 degrees centigrade uh, on the second night uh, of the sleep out. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tad warmer. I'm sure it is uh, quite a, a change for you over the last uh, day or two since moving from Davos over to Dubai. Tell me this, uh, we've had young Calm Smiles on pretty much every day, giving us a little update on what's been going on at the World Economic Forum convention in Davos. That's, of course, not why you were there. You were over there as part of this great sleep out uh, awareness raising uh, project that happened also in Davos over this week. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, because the focus seems to be on Switzerland at the minute for all the wrong reasons but i think you guys were trying to bring uh, the focus on to something much more important and uh more you know affecting people in the ground here in the world which is uh homelessness 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bumped into Callum actually uh, at lunch uh, in Davos, so it was good to uh, it was good to connect with him. Uh, yeah, you know, we we were in Davos for very different uh, reasons. In fact, uh, the team had walked all the way from Zurich to Davos. Uh, so whilst I think all the participants uh, or delegates at Davos had arrived by either train, limousine, helicopter, or private jet, uh, our team uh, walked all the way from Zurich. It's actually 150 kilometers, uh, and it took five days. And uh, the, the 150 kilometers is significant because uh, it represents um, the 150 million people or thereabouts who are currently homeless in the world. So the, the, the whole purpose of the, uh, the Great Walk and the Great Sleep Out was to uh, bring attention or to make an issue out of homelessness. Uh, there is, uh, it's still going on in Davos, actually. It finishes, I think, this evening. Uh, we have the World Economic Forum, as you know, and you've got gathered in this little village uh, ski resort in Switzerland, you've got some of the world's most uh, rich and most powerful people discussing world issues um, from an economic point of view, from a political point of view as well. Um, and we felt it was important to give a voice to these 150 million people who are currently homeless uh, and make homelessness an issue uh, amongst this this forum. And I, I think we've we've been reasonably successful in doing so. It's a fantastic, I mean, it's something that's uh, close to my heart. I've tried in the past uh, to do what I can for uh, homelessness. And uh, one of my closest friends, uh, Craig, spent time living on the streets and, you know, listening to him talking. He was an ex-services man. He had bad PTSD. He found himself uh, in a bad way, basically. And when he hit his lowest point, Simon, he was sleeping rough on the streets. I can't even imagine what it's like to be homeless day in and day out. But I would say... At this time of year, in particular in the winter time, I mean, it's cold here right now. It's about minus four in Ireland right now. It's nowhere near uh, the minus 12, minus 15 that it is over in Davos. But can you even imagine having to face a winter time? What that would do to you psychologically, having to face a winter on the streets, literally fighting off death by hypothermia on a daily basis. People people need to understand that it's a, it's can be a death sentence. Homelessness can and, and is a death sentence for some people. It is. And it's to, to do it, to experience it just for a few nights, uh, you realize the actual physical and psychological challenges of uh, of actually being uh, homeless without having a roof over your head, without having heating, without having basic access to uh, a toilet, to, to a sink, to some privacy. Uh, it. it it's one thing doing it for a few nights, but if that becomes your lifestyle, it's uh, it, it's it's a it's a very very uh, hard life. Uh, and we were fortunate. I mean, the the, uh, the the conditions in Davos, okay, they were pretty extreme in terms of temperature. But uh, the one thing I noticed about sleeping rough in Davos compared to uh, the sleep out we did in London back in October was that the, uh, the, the, there's no security risk. You're not worried about being um, mugged or, or robbed in, in, the, uh, in the night when you, when you sleep. 
uh, from that point of view, it's 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 a safe place. The, 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 we were the only <laughs> we were the only homeless people in Davos. I think we, we've uh, I don't think Davos has any homeless people at all. Uh, so for us, it was a, a an interesting experience. But if, yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely appalling that in this day and age, anybody, any other human being, is forced to sleep on the streets. It's just it's just wrong on every single level. And I think to to bring that to uh, Davos, to bring the great sleep out to Davos, where as I said, you've got the average. Uh, and not, not the average, the lowest price of, of, of accommodation in Davos, and, and it was all fully booked, but uh, your, your starting price is around 3,000 francs, Swiss francs, or close to 3,000 euros per night. Now, if you think of the 2,000 plus rooms which are fully occupied, mm. and all the money that's being spent, and also the deals that are being made, uh, and, and you think that we still have so many people sleeping rough in the world, there's something seriously wrong. And that is something that we wanted to uh, to bring to uh, the attention, uh, particularly of the of the media. Mm -hmm. You know what? Um, uh, we've got to take a little uh, news break just in a minute, but just to make people aware that there is a, a a page that people can go to find out a little bit more about this. Also on the X platform, uh, if you use Twitter or X, it's at Great Sleepout, all one word, Great Sleepout, uh, defined as the homelessness experience empowering people out of poverty uh, so you can basically go and support uh, what those guys are trying to do if you are uh, so led to do so on X at Great Sleepout and you know what to be fair to you maximum respect to you uh, I, I got out of bed this morning in my nice warm bed you know had a nice uh, winter duvet over me the central heat was coming on it was a little bit chilly and you know walking into the bathroom to get you know like, Boo, it's cold in here and then I thought hang on a minute Simon Milne's been kipping on the streets at minus 14 for the last few days it does help to put things into perspective as well when you focus in on an issue like this Simon it makes you realize sometimes just how good off you actually are because we can get uh, caught up with the trappings of living the so-called high life or the good life here in the UK there's a lot of people are living in hell on the streets so uh fair play to you and everybody else for highlighting this issue got to take a brief pause for news headlines when we come back uh we'll dig into this in a little bit more detail with Simon so please don't go away stay tuned for more here on TNT today's news talk I have some good news. Uh, uh. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The US has carried out a fresh wave of airstrikes against Houthi sites in Yemen just hours after designating the Iranian-backed group a terrorist organisation. The CEO of JP Morgan Chase has slammed Democrats for demonising Trump supporters, saying it's time they grew up and actually listened to their concerns. And it's been revealed the US Centers for Disease Control pushed experimental COVID jabs onto the public despite knowing the shots were damaging the heart. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio, free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk, this is TNT Radio. Okay, this business of uh, homelessness, uh, I think it's something that does need to be 
brought to the fore and isn't, unfortunately, many, many times. There's so many other global issues that are uh, eclipsing this. But you, you you experienced it just for a few days, okay? And I don't mean that flippantly, okay? Fair play, I've never experienced it. I've never, well, uh, have slept rough uh, in Africa a few times when I've been out doing uh, various work out there, but never in the UK, okay? So it's not nice uh, to sleep on the ground with no roof over your head and maybe, you know, the thought of being attacked uh, through the night. Psychologically, that does a lot of damage. At least you had a little light at the end of the tunnel. You thought, well, at the end of this, I can, you know, go back to a roof over my head. How soul-destroying Simon must it be to be literally living life like that with no end in sight? And the the options and possibilities of actually getting off the streets being slim to zero, that must crush someone uh, mentally, let alone physically uh, living in elements like that. Yeah, no, it's 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 appalling, Rick, that any any human being, any fellow human being, should be forced to uh, to sleep in 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 those conditions or live in, in in that in those conditions. Uh, you got to remember that once somebody becomes homeless, uh, the uh, it becomes so much more difficult to get back into society. Uh, you don't have an address. Uh, you 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 start to physically uh, deteriorate, uh, and you, you don't look like a normal person. Uh, from that, from what I mean by that is that to go to, for example, an interview to present yourself, uh, it, it becomes quite challenging to get yourself out, and it, it becomes a downward spiral for a lot of people. Uh, you kindly mentioned the the reference to the the great sleep out on on X or Twitter. Uh, we also have a, a page on Instagram. If anyone is listening that would like to see that, just simply go to open the app and just write in the great sleep out and you will go to the page and it's got all the links to the various uh, uh, funding options that we we have. Uh, but something that's quite uh, significant, and I was discussing this with Andrew Funk, who's the president of Homeless Entrepreneur, who's one of the founders of the, the great sleep out is that for every 100,000 US dollars, we can get 1,000 people off the streets. Now, 100,000 US dollars might sound like a lot of money, but when you consider that the kind of money that's being spent and the deals that are being made uh, over the last few days in Davos, $100,000 is is literally peanuts. And you you could bring... 1,000 people off the streets, put a roof over their heads and bring them back into society. Uh, not only is that a, a wonderful thing to do, but it's also allowing these people to contribute to society as well. Mm-hmm. You've got all these people who are simply not uh, participating uh, really in society. So, so for the, the the kind of money that we're talking about, which is, as I said, is, is peanuts in relation to the, the the deals that are being done at the moment, uh, we can we could bring a lot of people off the streets. And I think when you when you look at the money that's being spent by governments, if you look at our own government in the UK, that the money that's been wasted uh, on the whole COVID uh, business, it's frightening to see to to recognise just how much money was uh, was wasted, how much was was siphoned off. Uh, and and now we've just committed to more funding for this war in Ukraine, which, uh, as far as I can see, we've, the only thing it's achieved is we've we've got over half a million casualties 
So there we are, we're finding, finding money to fund destruction, and yet we seem to be unable, as, as a government anyway, to find the money to, to, to help people and to, to, to do uh, something noble like help people off the streets. How uh, frustrating is it, you know, uh, must it be if you are involved in outreach or campaigning, for example, for homelessness? And the figures that you have just quoted to me, you know, you talk about expenses or uh, war support, support for war in Ukraine, support for war in the Middle East, uh, bombing Yemen now, the money that's going into bombing Yemen because of attacks that have been carried out in the Red Sea, test and trace 37 billion spent in the UK and that on effectively an app for a phone that nobody really used, the PPE scandal, hundreds of millions of pounds being siphoned uh, into you know, uh, the back pockets of friends and, and cronies of the Tory party, and on and on and on and on it goes. And you're trying, or someone out there is trying to start up a grassroots organisation to do the simple thing of taking their fellow human off the streets. How frustrating is it to see that? Does it not? Uh, does it not almost drive you crazy? Yeah, it, it is terribly frustrating, Rick. And uh, I mean, I'm just uh, I, I play a very very small part in all of this. There are there are people who are in, who've uh, devoted their their whole lives to helping others, and I take my hat off uh, to these uh, these these great these great people who do that. I, I think. You've got to be careful when you uh, look at these uh, these situations because invariably it is about human nature. And I think that we've got a situation in the world right now where it's just the balance has just shifted in the wrong direction. We're never going to get perfection. You're never going to no. get uh, a perfect society where everybody is looked after and everybody is happy and everyone... Uh, everyone's needs are, are taken care of. But I think in the last uh, three and a half, four years, I think we've seen a shift in the wrong direction. And this is what troubles me the most, because we I would like to think that we are living in uh, what should be a progressive society, um, where invariably what, what we'd like to see is the gap between uh, the rich and the poor or the those that have and those that have not uh, beginning to to narrow, but actually, the opposite has been happening, and and that is a very that's I think that's a very worrying trend and something that uh, global leaders have really got to take notice of and try and uh, change that course because at the moment we are we don't seem to be heading in the direction that a progressive society should be heading. Mm. And also, of course, uh, just to wrap this one up, Simon, uh, the, the the Davos mantra of the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, is that you will own nothing and that you will be happy. And unfortunately, over the last three to four years since the, the beginning of the, the COVID era in 2000, March uh, 2000, we're nearly four years into that now, we've seen a massive transfer of wealth uh, from those that don't have into the pockets of those that have. There's more uh, billionaires have been created over the last few years and more and more small businesses, for example, in the UK are currently going to the wall, especially in the hospitality industry. Uh, in Ireland at the minute, it's been devastated. Uh, you know, Restaurants, small businesses are all going to the wall. And yet, 
we see large corporations that are flourishing at this point in time. So it's a it's a timely reminder uh, that we need to keep the focus on humanity at the minute, because if we don't and humanity is completely lost, then we are in a very bad state. So on that note, uh, if we can, uh, we need to bring this day close. We've got to take a short break and then uh, Bruce Scott's going to be joining us. But massive thanks to you, Simon, uh, for taking time out uh, to speak with us this morning. That's Simon Milne. Check him out on X at Sequi, S-E-Q-U-I underscore Simon. And you and I will stay in contact, no doubt. And uh, enjoy your time in Dubai before you come back here to the UK. That's Mr. Simon Milne. I'm Rick Munn. I'm going to take a break. And Bruce Scott will be incoming here like an Exocet missile on TNT Today's News Talk. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I was asked today by someone, what makes me mad? What gets me anxious? Lies. Distortion not telling the whole truth, trying to paint something different than what it actually is because you have an agenda. That gets me upset. The reason it gets me upset is I think everyone should have the opportunity to decide for themselves, based on all information possible, what they want to do with their lives. Let's take the global temperature. The global temperature is a very poor metric for measuring the climate. Better than the global temperature is what we call the wet bulb temperature, which is the saturation temperature of the air. And even better than that, just use pure water vapor. That explains everything. If we try the amount of increase of water vapor we know the correlation between temperature and water vapor it explains beautifully what's going on we don't even need any co2 back radiation theory but you're not going to hear that it makes me mad and you know why it makes me mad because it's not telling the truth it's hiding the truth distorting the truth and that means that you cannot make the decision you need to make as an individual with your free will. And basically, that's what this whole climate fight is all about. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. To learn more, visit nature.org today. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Okay, locked and loaded, last segment of the show. And I'm not going to say I've saved the best the last, but yeah, you can read into that what you like. I'm about to talk to now my old sparring partner from north of the border in uh, the UK, Scotland, that is, to the uninitiated, Dr. Bruce Scott. He is a psychoanalyst and an author as well of the book Gulag Caledonia, which sadly is playing out before our very eyes as we speak. He called it way ahead of time. It's not really the 2050s this is set in. It's actually modern day Scotland. So, Bruce, without any further ado, welcome back to TNT. How are you today, my friend? I'm, I'm very well, very well, Rick. Thank you for having me on. Uh, just getting used to this global warming at the moment. It's... Uh, Quite a surprise, this 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 heat that we're experiencing. 
<laughs> I have a question for you, right? Um, I checked out your YouTube channel uh, yesterday. I was watching a video link that you'd sent through to me, Scott's Views, on YouTube. And at the start of that video or your little intro thing, there's a shed. There's a very cozy looking shed uh, there. Am I correct in saying that's where you're sitting right now? No, no, the, the sheds, the sheds uh, outside, but uh, ah. that's just a, that's just a little uh, a prop, uh, haven, sanctuary for for peace and quiet, for study, contemplation, and uh, doing YouTube videos uh, to, to keep away from the kids. I'm a bit disappointed, actually, because I thought that's where you'd been doing all your TNT interviews from. I thought, how awesome is that? That little shed looks absolutely epic, but it's not. You've burst my bubble this morning, actually, to be honest with you. I'm a little bit sad and disappointed that you're not in there now. So maybe we could just play along with it. You are actually in that shed, and there is a little uh, plume of smoke coming out from the chimney, and you are reflecting and ruminating on life in Scotland. So you are in that shed, aren't you, Bruce? Oh, I am. Yes, I am. It's it's very cozy. <laughs> <laughs> Is this not but what the governments have been doing to us? You know, I'm telling you you're in a shed, but you're not, even though you've told me you're not. But I've got you to repeat after me. Yes, I am. Uh, without meaning to, is this not what's been going on hand over fist for the last four years, telling you that black is white and white is black and good is bad and bad is good? And people actually knowing that that's not the case are nodding along and repeating it after what their, uh, you know, their propaganda masters are saying, that's one of the reasons why we're in this position in the first place. Yeah, yeah. well, I think I think they've been uh, propagators of uh, de deliberate disinformation uh, because the, the research for the last 20 years in the psychological field from, from my background has been the... They, they've investigated the the the, uh, the effects of what's known as the white coat effect, rough uh, generally speaking, whereby you get you get a medical professional on the television, or 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 in real life they're presenting with someone in a white coat. You know, there's the Milgram experiments, the 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 the, the, the prison experiments, and uh, and all that sort of thing, and uh, people will uh, are very very uh, manipulatable. To, to go along yeah. with these things so uh, uh so when someone uh well I'll give an example nicola sturgeon gave a one of her briefings during the covid era of her daily briefings of you know reporting that one there was one more case in fife region you know we were all frightened yeah. of another case yeah. and then we got a little slot where the nurse the chief nurse of scotland gave a demonstration of how to make a homemade mask out of rags and uh, when you know, we're meant to take this seriously, it's uh, I think there's a darker, sinister aspect to this. It is, I think it's a they mock the public in these displays. Yeah. It's an open mocking. I think uh, behind the scenes they must laugh and go, look what we did today to the public. I don't believe they take this seriously. Nicola Sturgeon talking about chopping the bottoms of doors off. You know, she knows a lot of her supporters, loyal SNP supporters and the public will believe these things because she's a figure of authority. But uh, you know, behind closed doors in Butte House, after the day's over and having when she's having her when she's on her third bottle of wine, because she's quite a big wine drinker apparently, uh, when she's having her third bottle of wine, I bet she has a chuckle to herself that mm -hmm. she can get away with this uh, obvious mocking of the public. What it says, what it says is that they they have utter disdain uh, 
and a lot of the a lot of the policies that they you know she you know she she was telling everyone to lock down and not visit their granny and not have Christmas parties and she was out partying no mask on they mm. they have an utter disdain people have to start drawing the dot that these people do hate us they they are the they so they are the propagators of disinformation but they also um, the uh, disinformation but they're also the uh, you know they they are not our friend people have to join the no. dots. Uh, and unfortunately, some people have, a lot of people have joined the dots, but because they don't want to be seen to be speaking out against, uh, you know, the, the 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 current thing, or they're afraid of uh, lash, a backlash from their work colleagues or their family members are being ostracized or painted with a conspiratorial theorist brush, they sit there, they remain quiet, even though they have joined the dots. And again, I think that's a very powerful psychological tool, Bruce. You, we talk about waking people up. I think a lot of people are awake, but they're just afraid to step outside the box and raise their voices up and speak out against the things that have been happening uh, over the last few years. Now, one thing we, we do want to talk about here this morning, uh, you made a video for it uh, not so long ago there, ending conversion practices in Scotland, who would have thought, could you even have imagined, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that this would even be a topic that's up for discussion? Just for those people that aren't maybe fully aware, uh, what exactly are you getting at here? What is this business of conversion practices for those people that maybe aren't? Uh, well, it, 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 there's not many commentators, even people who are critiquing this proposed ending of conversion practices, you know, this idea of uh, a homosexual person going along and getting treatment. I mean, generally speaking, these barbaric treatments like electric shock conditioning, mm. uh, chemical castration, they're all banned. In, in every therapist I know, no, no one offers conversion therapy. It's a, it's a misnomer. Conversion and therapy really don't go together anyways, the idea of therapy and conversion. That's not therapy. Uh, but they've, they've, they've named it practices. What, 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 what it is, is this, this post bill is a manifesto it actually is totalitarianism disguised as keeping society safe. It's actually anti-LGBT because they essentially, they're infantilizing LGBT, the LGBT community because they, what they're saying is that, uh, well, one, they, they admit in, in, the, in the document, the report, that people don't change their sexual lifestyle or their proclivities at all. They, they they say this, this is not possible. Well, that's not that's not not what the literature says. There's 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 numerous thousands and thousands of examples of people who who in, in especially within the religious sphere who found God and through the grace of God uh, changed their ways and uh, you know became became heterosexual and mm -hmm. there then became uh, you know married and 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 had children. Now now no ever no no one's seen. People have to do this, but this is just, just facts of life. Stuff that uh, has happened with some people. It actually has happened with some people. With many people, it hasn't happened with, but it has happened with some people. Yeah. And, and so, you know, to, so to, to, to ignore this, no one on, the, on, the, on their expert advisory group was represented these people, you know. And uh, the second point, which no one's really picking up on, is that uh, they're saying that defence is not... Uh, you know, can, can informed consent is no defence. So, if a LGBT person goes to a prayer group, for example, uh, mm -hmm. and the he wants to tackle issues of his sexuality, mm -hmm. um, that, that that's be, so to be conf he's consenting to this. 
uh, it's not allowed. It's regarded as criminal. But whoever's conducting the prayer group or the, the institution or the organisations regarded as a, it's a criminal act. So they're infantilising uh, informed consent of adults. But interestingly, the same activists are quite happy with children going down the, the trans conversion route. They're saying mm -hmm. that they, children can consent to this. They're also saying that children can consent to filthy and disgusting sex education in schools. They're, all, they're also saying that children can consent to being masked for eight hours a day. You know, all these activists pushed this, supported this. So on one hand, they're saying they're trying to protect children, but they supported masking children, uh, experimental mRNA jabs in children, harmful lockdown effects that affect that harm children. Uh, the, the list goes on. Pornography in schools, uh, mm -hmm. teaching kids that pornography is a good thing and it's harmless and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a hobby. Uh, and strange sexual practices that I won't go into in, 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 no. in, you know, this time, this time of day. So, the, uh, and, and I think the narrative's falling to pieces. You know, even uh, uh, people in the LGBT, LGBT community are coming out and saying this this report is 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 nonsense and the totalitarianism and it's an attack on it, it, the, the the counter narrative that the activists are coming out with is basically oh if a what if a child wants to have gender affirming care the doctor says they can give it but the parent refuses we need to protect these children from these parents so exactly they're, so they're, they're they're essentially saying this is children can consent to this and uh, and parent, they need to be protected from parents who object it or want to try and protect them from this dangerous route. But yet adults, LGBT adults, cannot consent to go, uh, turning to Christianity, for example, and to prayer. Of course, prayer has been, is, is basically uh, targeted here. And of course, if you look into the Bible, uh, Isaiah 56, 7 or, or Matthew 21, 22, mm -hmm. it's very explicit. The power of prayer and, and uh, in what it, prayer entails, which is a communication with God. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. why are they attacking prayer like this? And I, and I don't think it's... I think there's a very dark, sinister, uh, satanic uh, agenda here. They're attacking prayer deliberately. And so... Well, sure, uh, because they know it works. Anything that works, Bruce, and anything that's a danger to their narrative and anything that could potentially bring them down, they want to silence it and they want to shut people down or shut them up. And one thing that's very important as well, and I'm glad that you highlighted it, was this business of informed consent. So while we're not advocating by any stretch of the imagination that if you're gay, you need to be converted or you should go and seek therapy, some people do wrestle with it. And we have to understand that if you wrestle with an issue and you want to seek help through a b c or d that as a grown adult you should have the ability to do that you're you're capable of making your own mind up but the problem is that one door is being shut down here that not everybody will want to go through that door in the first place and we're not advocating dragging anybody through it but for those people that want to explore that option for example of prayer or a conversion to christianity or, or letting god take care of the problem at the that's their choice. They should be allowed to exercise that choice. We're not talking about forcing it upon people. That's a different thing altogether. But somebody that wants to make that decision and follow that route are effectively being blocked from it. But at the same time, if they have a child that wants to mutilate uh, their genitals or undergo a chemical uh, alteration of their body that'll ruin it uh, during their puberty years, then that's perfectly fine. That's just another example of the mad inverted society in which we live in.
Well, you see, what the, the irony is, they, there's, a, there's a, a, a French philosopher, he's dead now, he was a gay man, Michel Foucault, and uh, he was very, very active in gay rights, uh, LGBT mm -hmm. rights when he was alive. You know, he had a lot of problems with the man in his private life, uh, but I won't go into that. But but essentially, he, he was very conscious of the idea of fearless speech for a civilised society. And a fearless speech in, in, in antiquity, antiquity entailed, you know, the ability to speak fearlessly with the, in, and with the knowledge that it may offend people. And, uh, of course, uh, so he said, he, he was mentioning this in relation to expression of sexuality, freedom of conscience, etc. And this is enshrined in, I suppose, not uh, today's uh, European Court of Human Rights, freedom of conscience, freedom of expression, etc. So what this what this report does is it totally it goes against what a gay man, Michel Foucault, talked about. It totally goes against the U European Court of Human Rights, freedom of expression, uh, freedom of conscience, etc., etc., uh, mm. So these activists, they, they are they are not pro LGBT, and they're mm. not pro 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 freedom in society, but they're not pro freedom for LGBT community either. It, it is it is uh, another tentacle of the totalitarianism that's encroaching upon society. You know, you know, you, you, the LGBT issue is just a side issue, really. On on this, it's it's a growing. Uh, lockdown on, on, on people speaking and, and having conversations and uh, expression this is what it's what it's about because the, the you know the online harms bill uh disinformation and, and, and hate crimes bill etc etc and an and attack on the family so um these uh it, it's very very concerning the people we have to call them out and, and call it out uh, and you know, on on social media at the moment, they they are losing the battle. They they have no nothing to answer the critiques. People from the LGBTQ community are crit critiquing this, as they did the gender recognition bill, uh, and they've got nothing to come back to. It shows how empty and shallow it is. One big point: any listener of any persuasion, one has got to ask: How much did this document cost to produce? How much did this consultation cost? Taxpayers' money gone into this disgraceful waste of waste of paper. Essentially, it, you know, it shows you the uh, the degradation of, uh, of 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 government and 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 uh, consultation and uh, and lobbying, etc. One has seriously got the question: there's something seriously wrong and sick in the Scottish government. There certainly is. Uh, there was another story. Uh, we're not going to get into it now because we've only got a minute or two left. But, you know, uh, we, we referenced, uh, you know, ritual humiliation was a tactic that was employed. You know, stand six feet apart, uh, wash your hands, wash your shopping, uh, put your mask on everywhere you go. It was really to degrade people. And NHS Scotland, you know, there's cold weather this week. Uh, NHS Scotland are urging people to, quote, walk like penguins during snowy and icy weather conditions this winter. And there's actually a video, there's an instructional video with NHS workers waddling about like penguins, telling people that that could potentially save them from falling. 
Remind walking like a penguin. Spend some money and gritting the roads and gritting the footpaths. And, you know, we, we mightn't have this problem to begin with. Prevention is better than cure. But I think that's another example, Bruce, of, you know, imagine, can you imagine? And there are old people in this video who are actually, they're training them to walk like penguins. It's it's beyond embarrassing. If you actually stick on a face mask as well uh, on top of the penguin, uh, it doesn't make for very uh, pleasant viewing. But, yep, NHS staff said, Adopting their stance is an effective way to move without falling. And you have this uh, video of all these old people shuffling down the street like little penguins. It's embarrassing, but hey, uh, what are you going to do? Listen, we're up to time here. Unfortunately, we can't break that down any further. But Bruce, if you want to follow him on X or Twitter, it's at Dr. Bruce Scott, Dr. Bruce Scott with two T's. And his website is Bruce Scott, S-C-O-T-T dot dot UK. Check him out. Buy a copy of his book, Gulag Caledonia. Have your head totally blown. Bruce, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. Lovely to see you. It's a you pleasure. You and, you and I will stay in touch. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more magic here on TNT. James Freeman is incoming with the Freeman Report. I'll be back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 9 a.m. UK time with Natalie and more locked and loaded to round off the week. But stay tuned for more here on the one and only TNT, today's news talk. Music.